based on that scripture, it seems that the Lord stops striving. Now, that's a sobering thought to me, that the Lord stops striving. Because it speaks of him just, when I hear that and read that, it speaks of him just going, okay. Um, and so today I feel his spirit reaching. We all do. Feel the witness of his spirit reaching to us, ministering to us, and drawing us to himself. That's what he does. He draws us to himself. But he draws us to himself, seeking to bring us to a place of losing ourself. So that he can live in, with, and through us. I stopped short just a few minutes ago, and I knelt down at the altar here. What I, what I really felt the Spirit of the Lord calling to is I just wanted to lay across the altar. There, there's this element in every one of us that's called our will. Our will. And the scripture lets us know that the Lord allows us our will. There's a falsehood that is often shared, that says, if it's the will of God, it'll happen. I understand what some people mean when they say that. They say that, when you say that from a place of trust, I believe that's true. Like, you know what, I'm, I'm just waiting on the Lord, I'm believing for that, and if it's the will of God, it'll happen. In that case, I believe that's true. Right? I'm doing my part, I'm trusting him, and I'm waiting on him, and then if it's his will, it'll come to pass. In that context, I believe it's true. But the idea that if it's God's will, it just takes place in my life when I'm still doing my will, that's not true. You understand the difference? I don't just get to say, well, you know what? Whatever. I'm going to do what I want to do. If it's God's will, he'll take care of it. No, that's a lie. That's deception. I have to lay my will on the altar. I have to. And I have to lay my will there. Every single day, because every day I wake up, I wake up with my will. 
Saturdays are tougher than others some days. Because I wake up and I got my list of things I want to do. Anybody got lists for Saturdays? You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes I go to my place of prayer on Saturday morning and I'm thinking about my list. You do too. You're human. My will. My will. I got to push my will out of the way again and again. Every day of my life, I have to push my will out of the way. I have to lay it on the altar. Brother Jerry spoke to us men yesterday for a few minutes after men's prayer about him letting fire work in his life. And the Lord had been, I mentioned it after he finished, that the Lord had been dealing with me about that. Maybe Brother Jerry you can put Malachi 3 and 1 up there. I think that's where we need to go. I recognize this morning I'm speaking to people that are hungry for and pursuing the will of God, desire the will of God. We must know these things that have already been spoken that the will of God will not just happen unless I lay down my will. We don't get to have both. You ever, you've heard the statement, man, they want to have their cake and eat it too? Cake sounds good right now. Come to think of it. Pop-tarts are wearing off that I had about 4.30 this morning. Breakfast of champions. And uh, obviously that means, man, they want both. They want, they want to take advantage of both. We, we bring that into our walk with God. I, I, you know, I want the blessing of God on my life. I want the favor of God on my life. I want the hand of God on my life. I want all the goodness that comes from the word of God, the promises of God on my life. I want all, the, I want all this, but I want it all my way. I want it the way I want it, or I want all that, and I also want what I want, too. And the Lord made it clear in his word, uh, it won't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You don't get to, I, I use some of the words Brother Lewis used. The Holy Ghost talked to us all day. I don't get to build my kingdom and ask him to build his, too. Lord, I'll build my kingdom, and you bless it. Bless my kingdom, God. Doesn't work that way. We used to sing a song when I was younger. It said, Jesus, be the Lord of all. Right? There's a part of that song that said, if you're not Lord of everything, then you're not Lord at all. Now, he's patient. Aren't you thankful for that? He's long-suffering. You're thankful for that. The long-suffering of God is salvation to us. And so he knows our frame. That's not an excuse. I've used that as an excuse sometimes, right? God, you know my frame. Just put up with me. Don't expect me to change. I mean, I didn't say all that, but that's what I meant, right? You know my frame. Or maybe, well, that's just the way I am. 
right? I don't want to change, but that's the way I am. No. See, God says, okay, I'm patient. And so he brings you and I on this journey of continually dying out to our will. Malachi 3, we should read the word. The prophet of the Lord said, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. This is speaking of John the Baptist here. That Malachi was prophesying about John the Baptist coming before, Jesus, before being the forerunner to Jesus Christ. He shall prepare the way before me. I, you know, this is Paul right here. Who's speaking? I know it's Malachi that wrote it, but who's speaking here? The Lord God. We agree with that? The Lord God. Jehovah, the one true living God. Yeah? He said, Behold, I, the Lord God, the one true living God, Jehovah, Yahweh, right? This one God. I will send my messenger. Now, we'll read a little further, and you'll know that that messenger is John the Baptist. And he shall prepare the way before who? Before me. Who's me? The one true God. Why didn't he say, he will prepare the way before my son? Because the God that was speaking was the very God that was going to come and robe himself. See how the enemy blinds people's minds so they don't see these simple things in the word of God. He'll prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Now that speaks of the temple of his body. All right. That's why Jesus later on, and when Jesus was a full-grown man and walking in earthly ministry, he said, destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up again. This he spake of his body. That's what he was speaking about here when the Lord said, suddenly he'll come to his temple. This is a prophetic utterance of the fact that in the timing of God, the Spirit of God would suddenly come. And he did. He came to Mary. He said, you're going to be with child of the Holy Ghost. Also, I believe, prophetic of the infilling of the Holy Ghost in you and I. On the day of Pentecost, there was a sound like a mighty, mighty rushing wind that filled all the house where they're sitting, right? Suddenly there appeared unto them. Suddenly. All right? Come to his temple. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So it is a word that bears true prophetically in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ into us by his spirit and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. He suddenly comes to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in, behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Verse 2. Now, that first verse is pretty exciting. Verse 2, he gives us a little understanding about what to get ready for. But who shall abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appears? Well, that's a strange question to ask. 
And then he tells us why he asked the question. For he is like a refiner's fire. And a fuller soap, like fuller soap. Verse 3. Maybe verse 3. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. That they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. I'll leave that verse up there. We see the prophetic utterance of the Lord through Malachi of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, God manifesting himself in the flesh. We then see the question by the Lord, who's going to abide his coming, understanding that he's not just coming along to make everybody feel good. Then he helps us understand he's going to come like a refiner, That speaks of him coming with purpose, him coming with a plan and a purpose for those that receive his coming. And those that receive his coming, the scripture tells us, he will come as a refiner's fire, right? Is it any wonder that Jesus or that John the Baptist that was spoke about as the messenger in verse 1 said, there's one coming after me. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, we read that scripture and we think, man, Holy Ghost and fire. Woo-hoo, I got, I'm on fire. You ever heard the term, I'm on fire for God? Yeah, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. We like that side of the fire. But there's more to the fire than just being on fire for God. Fire has a purpose, and it's not only, this is a purpose, but it's not only to bring light. Fire is a refiner. The Lord will come as a refiner's fire. Now, his nature and his character does not change. So the fact that he came as a refiner's fire, and that was prophetic of the Lord Jesus coming and walking in earthly ministry, does not mean that once Jesus was crucified, resurrected, and ascended, that he's no longer a refiner's fire. That is the very nature of God that he came as. And so when you and I receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God now lives in us. Some people go, man, when I got the Holy Ghost, I thought that meant now from here on out, man, it's just easy walking, smooth sailing. Oh, no, get ready. This is the refiner's fire that's come into you and I. All right? Now, that's not a scary thing, but remember the questions in verse 2. Who shall abide his coming? That means there would be some that when the refiner's fire comes, man, they would say, hold on a minute. Just a minute. I don't know that I can abide this process. Refining is a process in our life 
And the Lord comes to us as a refiner's fire. And so when you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, we had Luis got the Holy Ghost Thursday night. Praise God. And he got filled with the Holy Ghost Thursday night. Praise God. And others, we had several get the Holy Ghost Thursday night. Johnny got filled with the Holy Ghost last Sunday. God's filling people with his spirit. That's a wonderful thing. Praise God. Aren't you thankful for that? And so we must know when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it is a refiner's fire. And so I can look at that and go, oh, hold on a minute. Maybe I don't want the Holy Ghost. Yes, we do. Because the refiner's fire comes and we see evidence here. He shall sit. Who's he? The Lord. The Lord. We're still talking about the Lord here. And I, and I ask you that question because I think it's important that we, when we read through Scripture, we pause and go, okay, who's the he it's talking about? So that we make sure we're engaged with the word as we're reading it. So he is still the Lord. He shall, it's not coincidence, he shall sit as a refiner. What do you do when you know you might be somewhere a while? <laughs> yeah. You sit down. There's an indicator there. He shall sit as a refiner. He's patient with us. Aren't you thankful for that? But the fire, this is, this is why we don't, the refiner's fire, he'll sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. See, our human nature focuses on the fire, not the purified. But fire has a purpose. It purifies me. It purifies you. And so he'll sit as a refiner watching the fire work in our life. And if God was impatient, he would reach in and pull us out of the fire. And we would not be purified. And fire can be hot, you've probably noticed. And so he leaves us there and fire, watch what he says. He's going to sit as a refiner and purify us and he'll purify the sons of Levi. These were the priests. Those that were called into the service of the Lord. So when you and I were filled with the Holy Ghost, we are called into the service of the Lord. And he'll purify the sons of Levi and he'll purge them as gold and silver. The only way that gold and silver are purged is by fire. Can't purge gold and silver any other way. You can scrub it, scratch it, scrape it, and all you're doing is devaluing it. Getting rid of it. Rubbing some away. The only way to truly keep the value and to make something pure, if it's gold or silver, is to put it in the fire. It's got to go through the fire. And then it becomes pliable. It becomes, we were talking about this. We were having Bible study downstairs with coffee before prayer this morning. Is fire makes it pliable. Right? Gold and silver is pretty soft anyway, but you get it fire, it goes to a liquid state. Then it becomes, now, you understand, if I had an ice cube and I wanted it to go to liquid state, I don't necessarily need fire, right? I can just hold it in my hand a little while, and it'll be liquid state. Now, you get a piece of gold and hold it in your hand, it's not going to go to liquid state, is it? I don't care how long you hold it. What does that mean? 
Well, if I want it to go to liquid state, it's got to get hotter. And so the purifying of gold and silver means it's got to get hotter. Now, our human nature focuses on hotter, right? Not the fact that he views you and I as gold and silver. That speaks of how valuable we are to him. And so he takes and he brings us into and baptizes us with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And why does he do all of this? So that he can offer an offering in righteousness. He has plans for you. He has plans for me. And so this fire, I, I know some of you heard this before, but this is just turning in my spirit. And I, I, again, we're talking about our will versus his will. My will, when it gets too hot, says, you know what? I think I'm out of here right now. I'll, I'll try this again later. Anybody ever done that? This, this working of fire in our life, it, you know, and we see the evidence in many places in Scripture where the Lord does this and wants to work in us. We, we can go to Romans 12 and 1. It says, I, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Well, a living sacrifice, that doesn't sound good, a sacrifice. Well, you know what happens to a sacrifice. It goes on an altar. And then once it's on the altar, what happens? It gets burnt. Fire. A burnt sacrifice. And the challenge is, in the Old Testament, when there was an offering of sacrifice, that thing was dead. They killed that lamb. They killed that goat. They killed that bull. Then they cut it up and laid it on the altar and lit the fire. That lamb didn't go, man, it's too hot. I'm off this thing. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> Couldn't do that, right? It was dead. The Lord asked something much harder of you and I. He asked us to be a living sacrifice on the altar. What does that take? I'll tell you what it takes. It takes trust. Trust that the fire will not destroy you. It won't destroy you. It'll only burn out the impurities. It'll only burn away the things that should not be there. It'll only burn away the things that have no true or real substance. It only burns away the things that don't bring glory to God. But the sacrifice becomes a sweet-smelling savor to Him. And so you and I have to find ways to bind ourselves to the altar. God, I'm not getting up from here. Brother Jerry said, I'll tell on him. Jerry said it this way yesterday. He said, man, I'll get on. It gets hot. I'm off. Not all the time. He said he's learning. But that's our human nature. 
sanctifier is a purifier. And so these things come in our lives. But Jerry, put First uh, Peter four and four. I think I may have you move backwards, but let's try First Peter four and four. Maybe go back to three. <laughs> See, you should have put the whole chapter so you could arrow through them. I'm sorry. Okay, go to five. We'll dance around here till we find it. Oh, I guess I better look in my Bible. Maybe it's First Peter two and four. No, it's First Peter four. Twelve. Go to verse twelve. Let's try that one. Same chapter, First Peter four, verse twelve. First Peter four and twelve. Peter was writing to the church. He said, beloved, that's important what he called them. Beloved, know you're loved. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Not just any trial, a fiery trial. You mean trials can have purpose in my life, in God perfecting me and purifying me? Absolutely. This is why Peter said, don't think it's strange concerning this trial, which is to, it's doing something, it's trying you. Sometimes it's just simply trying to see whether you're going to get off the altar or not. Whether, Brother Martin, you're going to try to make your own plan or trust the plan of God. You know, the, the disciples had a trial, a fiery trial. Jesus said, get in a boat and go to the other side. They got in the boat, and when they were halfway there, don't you know they were excited, man, I don't know what's coming, but Jesus told us, here we go. You ever had the Lord lead you somewhere, and you're like, man, I don't know what's ahead, but I'm excited. I bet they were that way. They got in the boat, they're going to the other side. Man, I can't wait, I wonder what's on the other side. The Bible says when they were in the midst, the middle, the center of the sea, there arose this great storm, then they thought they were going to die. Problem is, they're right in the middle. It's just as far to keep going as it is to go back. But human nature always says, at least I know what's back there. I don't know what's up ahead. We don't know if it's, we're halfway there, three quarters of the way there. I have witnessed people where I felt like before in my life, they were facing fiery trials, but they were nine-tenths of the way where God was taking them. But the adversary was able to get them to bail on the process and to go back to where it was comfortable. Now, thankfully, some of the examples I've seen, even in my own life, didn't bail on God. They just bailed out on that part of the process. And so I've lived long enough to know they'll have to go through it again. Why? Because it's a purifier. There's things that happen in a process of fire that don't happen any other way. You know, we were, like, God, would you just fix this? Would you just do this in me? You ever prayed for God to use you a certain way? I'm almost done here. Raise your hand if you ever asked God to use you a certain way. Me too. I'm a little more careful about that now. Because the Lord says, I'll use you. 
Or maybe you've prayed, Lord, help me to trust you. Anybody ever prayed that? I have too. Well, how do you learn to trust? <laughs> yeah. A trial. And you come through it and you look back and you go, man, I couldn't see it, but God was with me. He, took, he brought me through that. Man, I didn't even realize it, but this God was doing that and God was doing this. And Well, man, you're, now you're not saying, hey, let me do that all over again. That was fun, right? You're not, you're not doing that. You're like, whoa, thank God I made it through. But you learned to trust him. That was the fiery trial. Purified you. Now, the next time that happens, you're like, man, I don't know what's going on, and I don't like it, but God's in control. God's in I got confidence. God's in control. I don't know what's going on, but I'm staying in the course. I'm staying the course. I'm, I'm staying on the altar. I'm let, God, let this happen. Right? Your prayer begins to change because you've got some experience in your life now. You know, hold on, this trial is not going to destroy me. This fire is not going to destroy me. It's only getting rid of the dross. It's only getting rid of the things that would hinder the work of the God, the kingdom of God in my life. It's only purging out some things. It's only burning away some things. It's serving His purpose. So fire, keep working in my life. I'm staying on the altar. I'm staying on the altar. This is the desire of God for you and I. The Holy Ghost is that refining fire in us. As we continue to yield to the Spirit of God that dwells in us, we seek Him. We seek to be led of the Spirit. It does these things. Now, some of you know this, but it bears repeating. The refiner's fire and silver, they call it dross, right? The impurities, they call it dross. And so when a refiner is sitting there, he's watching, and, and as the fire is burning and the silver is liquefied, the dross comes to the surface, because it's not as weighty as the silver. And so in the fire, the dross, the impurities are... And so they come to the surface and the refiner who is sitting there and watching... You know, you ever prayed, God, why don't you get me out of this? And he's sitting there going, I could, but there's something happening in you. I, sure, I could get you out, but something's working. Just trust me in the process. Just trust me. I know what I'm doing. And he's sitting as a refiner. You know, he doesn't bail on you. He's sitting as a refiner. He's watching. He's watching and, and he sees dross. And you know what happens in our lives is, is we're there and the fire's working and things start coming to the surface and our human nature says, oh no. I don't want that to come to the surface. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't want that thing, that impurity in my life to come to the surface and be exposed, Sister Julie said it. You understand? The refiner is sitting there. And he's watching. He's not going to let that impurity come to the surface to be exposed. Now, if the refiner was walking away and just letting anybody and everybody come up and peek into my life. No, the refiner says, if you'll let the fire work. You're to bring those impurities to the surface. 
And anytime any part of it's seen, it won't bring humiliation. It'll bring healing and hope. That's how the refiner sits. That's why he sits there. And so when those impurities, that dross comes to the surface, the refiner, I don't know what the tool is called. Somebody probably smarter than me does. But you reach in and he reaches in and he scrapes that dross off the top. Is that what it's called? Okay, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds good to me. It's a scraper. He takes that dross, those impurities. Why? Because he doesn't want them to get back down in your life when the, when the fire cools. But you know what happens is, I'll go through the fire. That, remember I talked about getting nine-tenths of the way and then turning back? That's going through the fire, and those impurities are out. Some of those are right there. And I'm like, ah, it's too hot at all. And I'll go back, and, it become, and those impurities, I never let him reach in, never let him come to the surface so he could remove them. And I go back, and the fire's not there anymore, and I go back to a hardened state. And in that hardened state, those impurities that I wasn't willing to let come to the surface, trusting the refiner, they're still there. And the only way to get them out, you got to go back in the fire. Is this making sense to anybody? I got to let the fire of the Spirit of God work in my life. It's not a punishing thing. It's a purifying thing. It's a precious thing. It's the gift of God. It's the gift of God. And so he leaves us in the fire. And he knows what we can take. Do you, do you believe that? He, now, some people say he won't put more on you than you can bear. That's a lie, too. I don't know where that. That's not in the Bible, just in case you thought it was. It's not. The idea that the Lord won't put on you more than you can bear. If you tell people that, okay. <laughs> it's not in the Bible. Don't tell them it's in the Bible if you tell them that. The Lord will. The, here, don't tell them that because you're lying to them. All right. The Lord will put on you more than you can bear. Why? Because he don't want you to bear it. He wants you to get to the place where you bring it to him and say, Lord, I can't carry this anymore. He says, exactly. Let me do what I died for. And so he'll bring you to the place and me to the place where I'll stop trying to bear it. And I'll cast it on him. If we could bear everything that he brought to us, we would. And we would not need him. So he says, I'm going to put a little more than they can. And that will cause them to cry out to me. And then I can come in. Now, I told you I was almost done. I better finish. So this fire that's burning and purging and the dross come. And God, because he knows how much we can take through the process, our life is filled with seasons. Okay? Now, I realize there's some of you in here that you're just really like, ha, ha, let's go. All right, let's do it. I'll dive into the fire. I hear you. I'm that guy. All right, woo, let's do it, Lord. Some of you get excited. 
but the Lord knows our frame. And so he brings us through. And he knows what we're ready to let come to the surface and what we're not. And he knows how far to dig and let work. And so he'll put us in the fire to come to the surface. And he'll go, okay, that's, that's enough in this season. I don't want them to destroy. I don't want to destroy them. Or I don't want them to begin to resent me because of the fiery trials. And so they've come through that season. They're purer than they were. They're not where I'm taking them yet, but they're purer than they were. And so you have these seasons of life, and you rejoice in what God has done. You come through that fiery trial, and you realize, man, God's hand was in that. Despite the pain and the heat, and man, God did something in me. I, I remember coming through one where I, I look back at the Lord when I, he taught us how to trust him and as our provider. And I remember praying coming out of that. After several years, Lord, I'm so sorry that you had to take me through that to teach me that. But I'm so thankful that you loved me enough to do that. That's the work of the fire in our lives. All right. And so he does that and he brings us out and we look back and we reflect on his goodness and his glory. And then life has seasons. And he's like, you know what? I think they're at a place in their relationship with me. It's probably time to turn up the fire. If you're looking for a life free from the fire, you're not looking for a relationship with God. He's continuing. Now, we just have to understand, it's not punishment, it's purification to the glory of God. And ultimately, stand with me. Ultimately, as the refiner is sitting and watching, pulling away the dross with the scraper. <laughs> the official term, getting the dross, those impurities that come to the surface in our life because of his love for us and the fire of God working through our lives. You know how the refiner knows when the silver's ready? He looks. And the refiner says, now I've got the impurities out because I can see my reflection in the silver. And then he knows. That's a true story. It wasn't just a neat little thing. That's, that's how silver refiners know. They look into the silver and they can see their reflection. They're like, now there's purity there. And so the Lord Jesus, you feel the Holy Ghost right now? And you thought that trial was trying to destroy you. No. It's not trying to destroy you. It's the love of God purifying you. Making you and I in His image more and more. Molding and fashioning us. Brother John Stone spoke to us so beautifully in the Holy Ghost last week, molding us as vessels for use. It is this refining through the fire in our lives. I'm saying this to somebody this morning. Don't fear the fire. You can trust the refiner. 
He's sitting. He's not going to throw you in there and walk away. He's sitting as a refiner, watching, watching, caring for you, looking as the impurities surface to pull. He's watching. You are not going through fire, and he's abandoned you. It's the working of a refiner's fire. Amen. Would you talk to the Lord with me this morning? Hallelujah. 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 You are a refiner. You are a refiner. You're a purifier, Lord. I want purity in my spirit. I want purity in my thoughts. I want purity in my actions. I want the purity of your spirit, Lord. And I know the only way is the purifying fire. I pray, let the fire of your spirit work in me. Let the fire of your spirit have course in my life, Lord. I trust you as the refiner. I trust you as the refiner. I trust what you're doing. I want to open this altar to you again this morning. Maybe you need to openly express to him your willingness to lay your life before him on the altar. Maybe you need to express to him, Lord, I I may have been trying to get away. I may have been trying to pull back. Fear has been trying to get me to resist it. But I'm submitting to your process, Lord. I'm submitting to your process. Submitting to the work of your spirit in my life today. Submitting to you who knows what's best for me. Who knows what is right for me. You who knows what's needful in my life. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I may think I know, but the reality is I don't have a clue. I don't even know what tomorrow holds, Lord. I don't even know what the next hour holds, but you know. And therefore, you can take my life and you can allow the fire of your spirit to work in me. And so I come to you in faith. And entrust today, saying, Have your way in me, Lord. Have your way in me. Do as you need to do. I submit to your process. I submit to your working in my life. I submit to your will in my life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I submit to your working. 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 In the name of Jesus, I trust what you're doing and how you choose to do it, Lord. I receive the working of your Spirit in my life. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I I trust your purification process. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want the purity of your spirit. I want the reflection of your image. Jesus, let your will be done. Jesus, let your will be done.
Jesus, let your will be done. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
just talk with the Lord. Fellowship him right now. Fellowship him. Fellowship his spirit. Well, fellowship him. Fellowship him. He's bringing understanding to so many today. Answers and understanding to many today.
Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We can trust him. What a blessed hope that we can trust him. Amen. Don't. Uh, there's times where we we put off the right decision. Anybody ever done that? You know the right decision, you just put it off. For some, not all of you. I know some of you, I'll say something, and some of you are so desperate to please the Lord, you'll take everything as though it's meant directly for you. So I pray you hear in the Holy Ghost. But for some of you, um, I trust the Holy Ghost to, you'll know. You already know what you need to do. You're just putting it off because of the uncertainty about what may be on the other side of that. You hearing me? It's a step of faith. I'm probably talking to myself as much as I'm talking to anybody in this room right now. So if you think, well, it's easy for you to say, no, it's not. It's a step of faith. Faith in what? Not faith in what? Faith in who? It's a step of faith in Him. There's never a wrong time to do what is right. Hear me. There's never a wrong time to do what is right. Make the decision that God has dealt with you about making. How do I know? Well, number one, it won't violate his word. It'll agree with his word. Okay. And I would imagine you've already had plenty of affirmation along the way. You're just putting it off. Trust him. In Jesus' name. God bless you today. Thank you for your willingness to wait on him, to be open to him and his ministry, allowing the Spirit of the Lord to talk with us today. I'm so thankful, aren't you? Praise! I think it would be good if we thank him before we go today. Jesus, we love you. We thank you today for your abundant grace. Thank you for your grace. Your grace is sufficient. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for the fire of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for all of its working. All of its working. I trust you and I thank you today and I praise you, God. Thank you for this precious people and their heart toward you. I pray continually work in their lives, using us for your glory and your purpose, and that you would be magnified in the earth. In Jesus' name, we praise you. Amen and amen. God bless you. It's getting warm in here. Enjoy this beautiful day. Amen. Go with God. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.